Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. I love the straightforwardness and the simplicity that, that he uses to teach. His teachings are very simple for everybody to understand. If it hadn't been for this ministry, I don't know where I would be. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to a special edition of the Gospel Truth. Again today, I'm going to be playing a teaching that I gave in Phoenix, Arizona during our Gospel Truth Conference in January of 2021. And I'm talking about how to stay positive in a negative world. We definitely are living in a negative world where all of the bad things are being amplified and the good things are being diminished, and you need this teaching. I think it'll really help you, and I just thought it was so good that I wanted to put it on our program. So watch this. At the end of the program, we'll come on and share with you about how you can receive this teaching that will help you stay positive in a negative world. So this morning, I want to continue talking about how to stay positive in a negative world. I took the scriptures from Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus said that because iniquity shall abound, the love of many, and actually the word in the Greek there is most, the Amplified says the large body of Christ, the love of most is going to wax cold. And this is not just something that could happen. It's what's going to be the norm. And iniquity is bounding today. So how do you deal with this? And then my second message, what I did was uh, take David over in First uh, Samuel chapter 30, where he was facing a situation where his own men were speaking of killing him. He had lost his wives, his children. Uh, he had been frustrated for 13 years. Everything in his life had gone negative, and yet he encouraged himself in the Lord. He brought the ephod, and he began to inquire of God, and that's the equivalent of us turning to the Word of God and looking for an answer. And I took Psalms chapter 19 about how that the Word of God will convert your soul. It'll restore you back to an original condition. And you've got to get to where you take the Word of God and begin to encourage yourself. And you know, this is exactly what Dennis has been doing in his two sessions. He took Gideon and showed you how God encouraged Gideon when Gideon was in a very bad situation. He talked about Paul last night. What Dennis is doing is just doing exactly what I was talking about, taking the Word, going to the Word, and using the Word to encourage yourself and keep yourself positive. So I want to continue along those lines today. Look over here in Numbers chapter 13. To me, this is the uh, most amazing example of negativism in the world and negative reports and how it affects people and turns their hearts cold towards God. The 13th chapter of the book of Numbers is where Moses sent spies out to spy out the promised land. And, you know, they went out to evaluate the promised land. Moses sent them out for the purpose of finding out what the condition of the land was, but he didn't send them out and ask them to bring back a report. Can we take the land? That was not what he sent them to do. They were just supposed to report back on where the strongholds were and, and so that they could have a plan of how to go in and take it over. But you know the story. Matter of fact, I was with David Barton about, I'm not sure the exact number of years, maybe five or six years ago, and I was with him in Washington, D.C. 
If you haven't been on that uh, David Barton tour of the Capitol where he goes through and shows you all of the statues and statuary hall, and I mean, I'd say nine out of 10 of them are, are clergy, are people, godly people who loved God. And he just goes through and shows you the history of this nation and stuff. And it was powerful. And we had a lot of senators and Congress people come in and speak to us. And they were all godly people and they meet together and they're praying every day. And after two days of just seeing all of these things and hearing these uh, congressional leaders come in and speak, I went up to David and I said, man, I had no idea it was this good. I said, everything you hear is just all bad about how terrible everything is. And he says, you've been listening to the 10 Spies Network. And I said, that's what's been happening. And this is what happened. Moses sent them out. They came back and look at what they said here in Numbers chapter 13 in verse 27. And they told him and said, we came into the land whither thou sentest us and surely it floweth with milk and honey and this is the fruit of it. And they had to carry one cluster of grapes on a pole in between two men. Those grapes must have been as big as apples for you know two men to have to carry this on a pole. And they said, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Those are giants. The children of Anak were giants. So they were large people. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites. They dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Did you know... They didn't say anything that wasn't true. It's not like that those cities weren't walled. It's not, it's not like that they weren't large people. They were giants. They were bigger than them. Everything they said was true. But you've got to take the truth and put it into the proper perspective. It was true that they were large cities. It was true that they were walled. Jericho was a walled city. And you know, I've got somewhere else I'm wanting to go this morning, so I'm not going to go through this whole thing. But if you turned over to Joshua chapter uh, two, I believe it is, that Joshua sent out two spies to check out the land. Now make the comparison. Moses sent out 12 spies and only two of them had a good report. Joshua only sent out two spies. He got rid of the unbelievers. He only picked people that were going to go and bring back a good report. You need to be careful about how you get information. Joshua had learned a lesson. So he only sent out two spies. And when they came into Rahab's house, Rahab told him, says, from the day that we heard that the Lord dried up the Red Sea from before you, our hearts melted within us and we had no strength at all. That was 40 years before. Did you know if the Israelites had have known what the people, what these giants were actually feeling, they could have walked in and it would have been a cakewalk going in and taking the land. They had no problem. If the Lord would have told them that when you go to Jericho, all you got to do is march around it and then yell and the walls are going to fall down flat. 
He didn't tell them how they were going to win. He didn't tell them the battle plan. If they would have had somehow or another victory assured unto them, these people probably would have believed Joshua and Caleb instead of the 10 spies. But the Lord wants us to live by faith. The Lord doesn't show you the end from the beginning. There's multiple reasons for this, but most of it is because of you. If you knew what the end was from the beginning, and if you knew some of the things you'd have to deal with, many of us would, you'd either become so impatient and you wouldn't take time to grow. The things of God come step by step by step and you would become so impatient, you would try and short circuit, you'd try and make things come to pass, you'd get out ahead of God, you'd go up presumptuously as they did in the 14th chapter, and it would lead to your own destruction. Or you'd be so overwhelmed with what God showed you and what His plans for you are that you would think, I can't do this, you'd run the other direction, feeling I'm not cut out for this. You know, it was uh, August the 26th, 19, uh, 2019, that I was out in my spa early in the morning before the sun came up and I was just praising God and worshiping God for all the good things he had done. And I saw these patterns that every 12 years, something really miraculous. I mean, 12 year segments, just miraculous things happened in my life and ministry. And so I was sitting out there praising God and it was at the end of one of these 12 year segments. And I said, God, what's going to happen in the next 12 years? And I mean, immediately, just like this, I got, you don't want to know. <laughs> and I thought, well, I do want to know. And, you know, God's not going to argue with you. That's just it. There was silence after that. And I, I thought about that a long time. And now here I am over a year and a half removed. And some of the things that we've been through with the... Uh, state filing suit against us and threatening us to put us in jail and tried to get a permanent injunction against us and on another thing. You know what? I'm glad I didn't know. <laughs> I'm glad I'm just walking with God. I don't know, but I, I know that I'm going to win. I know some things, but you know, you don't, God doesn't show you everything. He didn't show them that, hey, I promise you when you go to Jericho, the walls are going to fall down flat and you'll win automatically. But he did promise them that they would possess the land. He promised them that uh, it was already a done deal. He had already promised them victory, but he doesn't give you all of the details. So anyway, these spies brought back a negative report. You know, the scripture says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It didn't say only life is in the power of your words, but death and life. And that's not only your tongue, that's every tongue. Every word that you hear has either life or death in it. There is no such thing as a middle ground that's just wasted time. It doesn't mount to anything. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said, every idle word that you speak, that men speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified and by your words you shall be condemned. He said even the idle words, that word in the Greek means non-productive. Even when you're just sitting here and speaking casually and stuff and doing things, you're going to give an account for every word, every word. There is no such thing as bad words and good words and then just a whole bunch of words that don't count. 
Every word that you speak and every word that you hear is either ministering life or death. If you could somehow or another get this visual thing that out of my mouth are coming words and these words contain things. I'm speaking the word of God. It contains life. It contains hope. It contains faith if you receive it. But when you listen to other people, every word is containing something. And the sad fact is the vast majority of words that we hear contain death. And that's what these 10 spies did. They didn't speak untruth. Everything they said was true. The walls were high, the people were big, but where they missed it was they said, because of these things, we cannot overcome them. They, they went on to say uh, in verse 32, and they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying, the land uh, through which we is gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and the people that we saw in it were of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so were we in their sight. Did you know it didn't matter what the giants thought of them? It doesn't matter what the people that don't have your vision and what God called you to do. It doesn't matter what anybody else says about you. It's what you say about yourself. This goes along exactly with what Dennis was saying yesterday about Gideon. God called him a mighty man of valor. He had to get to where he said the same thing about himself and he had to go through five tests to prove that to himself. It doesn't matter what other people say about you. What do you say about yourself? The fact was they said we were as grasshoppers in their sight and so were we in our own sight. It doesn't matter what the giants think about you. You know, if David would have gone out and killed a dwarf, nobody would be talking about him thousands of years later. They'd have arrested him. How dare you go fight a dwarf? The very fact that he fought a giant, man, that's what made him famous. That's what catapulted him to a position of leadership. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Man, I've got testimony after testimony of miracles that God has done for me and there are situations that were bigger than me. And because of it, it builds faith in people when I share these things. When you overcome nothing, nobody gets inspired by that. Amen. They lived in these giants. They had huge houses. They were going to go inhabit houses that were built by giants. They were big houses. Instead of looking at the positive side, they took facts, but they interpreted those facts negatively. I tell you, our media today, the mediaites, as somebody said last night, they have become masters of taking the facts and twisting them into a way that pre pre presents the worst possible light and, uh, you know, result to it. And sad to say, most Christians are going to the 10 Spies Network to get their information. I'm telling you, if you do that, you are going to hear about all of the iniquity that's abounding and the love of the majority of believers is going to wax cold because of iniquity abounding in the way it's being presented. And of course, you know, the end results of this was 
that uh, they spent 40 years in the wilderness. And remember Joshua chapter two, the people's hearts in the land of Canaan, their heart had already melted. Their strength was gone from them. If they would have gone ahead and have obeyed God, they would have had a much easier time in the beginning than they had 40 years later after the people had had 40 years to prepare and build up their strength. It's the same with us. You've got to get to where you don't go by what the world has to say, what the facts have to say. You need to go by what God's word has to say. That's the reason that the word of God and keeping your, your focus on the word of God is the only way that you're ever going to overcome the negativity that exists in this world. Let me turn over to Hebrews chapter 11 and I want to use Abraham as an example of a person who stayed positive in a negative world. And uh, you know, the scripture says in Genesis chapter 12 that when Abraham entered into the land of Canaan, he was 75 years old. He was 100 years old when he had the promised seed and he lived to be 175 years old. And during that 100 year period of time, he never did see the complete fulfillment of everything that God had told him. I'm not going to take time to go into this, but it actually says in Acts chapter 7 that the Lord spoke to Abraham when he was in Ur of the Chaldees to leave his father and his brethren and everything and come out into a land that he would show them. And according to Genesis chapter 11, he left Ur with his father, with his brother, and with his nephew, and then his brother died. His brother's name was Haran, and they lived there for a period of time, and he waited until his father died, Terah died, and then he came into the land of Canaan. He was 75 at that time. But the point I'm making is, it wasn't just from 75 until 100 years old. The Lord spoke to him when he was in Ur of the Chaldees, and we don't know how much time it took him to obey. Uh, I've tried to figure this out and I can't nail it down, but I think it could have been 30 years or more that he came from Ur of the Chaldees to Haran before he came into the land. So if you add that 30 years to this, it could have been anywhere from 100 to 130 years that Abram never saw the complete fulfillment of his desires. How did he deal with this? You know, I've already used this verse over in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you don't see the thing that you're believing for come to pass and it passes a certain time, it tends to make your heart sick. How did Abraham deal with this disappointment, this delayed manifestation of the things that God had told him? How did he do that? Well, Hebrews chapter 11 tells us how Abraham and Sarah did this. So let me just read some of this to you. In Hebrews chapter 11 and in verse eight, it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out unto a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. She was 91 years old when she had Isaac. 
And it says that she, it had ceased to be with her after the manner of women. She had gone through menopause decades before, and yet here she was revived, and she received strength uh, to conceive through her faith. In verse um, 12, it says, Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars in the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith. And here's what I was wanting to focus on. It shows you some things that they did to be able to persevere, to stay strong, to stay positive in a negative situation. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. They didn't see the full manifestation of the promise. The Lord had given Abraham the promise in Genesis 14 and 15 that if you can count the stars in the sky, or if you can number the grains of sand on the seashore, so shall your seed be. In other words, your children are going to be so numerous, it's impossible to count them. And it says in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, that Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. He believed God. He didn't have any children. He didn't have any hope of having children in the natural and yet he believed God. He had a promise that your children are going to be innumerable. And so he had promises from God. He didn't see the full manifestation of it in his lifetime, but he had a promise from God. So if you are going to be strong and positive in a negative world, you have to have some promises from God. Today you saw a portion of Andrew's teaching titled, How to Stay Positive in a Negative World, recorded live from the Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference in 2021. This product that we're offering on how to stay positive in a negative world is something that you need. I can guarantee you we need to guard our hearts against this or our love will wax cold. So I've got DVDs that were taken from the conference in Phoenix. I've got CDs where it's the audio teaching of that. And this is just my teaching on how to stay positive. But then we have these CDs, DVDs, and a USB that is the entire conference. And I had Dennis Burke with me who taught three messages with my four messages. You could get the entire conference and so we've got multiple ways for you to get the entire conference or just my teaching on how to stay positive in a negative world. Listen to our announcer as he gives you all of the details. This complete teaching is available as a CD or DVD album. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website at awmi.net. Also available today is the entire 2021 Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference, which includes sessions from Andrew as well as Dennis Burke. This entire conference is available as a CD or DVD album or on a USB flash drive. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of just $49 when you contact us. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time.
Man, before I came to Karis, I was so broken. I dealt a lot with anxiety and depression. I didn't really realize I could have an actual relationship with God. When I came here, I started to see God like, you know, He just wants to have a relationship with me. It totally transformed the way I look at God. God longs to have fellowship with you. This is where faith comes from. It's not just head knowledge, Bible school knowledge, it's revelation knowledge that changes you. Just been set free from a lot of the bondage I was in. I haven't been depressed in so long. Pretty awesome having that just weight lifted and putting on Jesus' yoke. You come here and you meet God personally, and then He gives you a whole new direction. This is a time, this is a season of your life that God's wanting to show you who you really are and what He's wanting to do in your life. If you have a desire for Bible college, God's the one that put it there. If you're considering coming to Karis, I just want to say it's going to be one of the best decisions you've made in your life. God has provided healing in His atonement just as much as He provided forgiveness of sins. There's something about pressing against something and believing that it's possible before we see it in the natural. Grace enables us to do what only Jesus can do. It's the enabling presence, the enabling power of God. I'd like to ask you to pray about becoming a partner with us. You know, our ministry is based in the United States, but we have 16 offices around the world. We've got altogether around 70 Bible schools scattered around the world, and we actually reach more people outside of the U.S. than we do in the U.S., and we need partners to enable us to do that. And so I'd like to encourage you to join with us. There are great benefits to you being a partner, not only in eternity, but here in this life. So if you are looking for a good return on your investment, I believe that this is a good ministry. It'll touch you right where you are. So join with us and become a partner with us today. When you partner with Andrew Womack Ministries, you are helping everyday people overcome deadly attacks of the enemy. People like Gina Boop, whose brain aneurysm could have been fatal had not her husband Bud focused on the truth found in Andrew's teachings instead of the doctor's report. The neurologist came in and said, you know, as soon as we put the little hole in her head to relieve the pressure with the blood, 10% chance she survives. Although doubt tried to rise up, Bud continued to hold on to the truths he learned on healing from Andrew's teachings. Through a mutual friend, Bud was able to get in touch with Andrew, who agreed to pray for Gina over the phone. Bud recorded the prayer and played it over and over again until Gina's healing manifested. Bud and I agree, and we just speak your healing into Gina, that she recovers 100%, that there's no brain damage, there's no loss of any mobility or, or anything. But we think it's just as if this had never happened. Gina recovered at a supernatural pace, and today she is healthy and completely whole. 
She knows that it's only through Andrew's teachings that she was able to receive the healing Jesus had already provided. I want to thank Andrew and Jamie for his teachings. You have no idea how strong they've been in our lives, our family's lives, our friends' lives. Do you want to connect with like-minded believers? Do you want to go deeper in God's Word through the teachings of Andrew Womack? Do you believe God has more? Then Karis Bible Studies is the place for you. Connect with believers in your area to dig into the message of God's unconditional love and grace. You will be encouraged to grow with a small group of believers as you study the Word and fellowship. The leaders are Karis alumni with a solid foundation in the Word of God. They have embraced Jesus' command to make disciples of all nations, even those in their backyard. Karis Bible Studies are connecting believers with the Word of God in your neighborhood. Find a Bible study near you by visiting karisbiblestudies.net.